Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong. I can change a diaper with one hand. That's and Joe Getty. Joey, baby. I love you, tiny people. Armstrong and Getty. But I know this. They're loco. So it's a hustle. Yeah, it's a hustle. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. We regularly play little excerpts of this tape. It is a young Russian girl. It's one of my favorite tapes that we've ever played. Uh, she's a teenage Russian girl. She's explaining to her fellow Russians how they can pretend to be Americans if they get arrested during demonstrations, and that way they won't be sent to Putin's uh, secret prisons or anything, because Putin is not going to do that with Americans. It's just too dangerous. So anyway, it's, it's her explaining how to sound like an American. I'm American. I'm American. I'm American. I'm American. I left my passport at the hotel. You are violating my human rights. I'm gonna call my lawyer. Вы берете телефон и говорите, я сейчас позвоню своему юристу. I'm gonna call my lawyer. Gonna. I'm gonna call my lawyer. Gonna it. I'm going to. He's <laughs> so endearing. Her American accent is actually really good. I like the way she got the tood right. I'm an American. Yeah. <laughs> you can't arrest me. And also the I wonder side, if she lived in the States for a while. And this idea that we all have a lawyer, that, you know, we have a lawyer, we know their name and their phone number. That's right. Most of us do not. I'm gonna call my lawyer. Gonna is going to. <laughs> That's beautiful. The only thing she got ready uh, got wrong is uh, we don't emphasize the ho in hotel. Hotel. Nobody says that. <laughs> Other than that, it's excellent. Her her English much better than my Russian. So they polled Americans to see which Olympic events are most likely to watch. The Olympics, by the way, back when the Russians were the Soviets, were that was really the the, the best time for Olympics. It sh- should be getting that way with the Chinese, though. It except, should be. Except for too many of the corporations are in bed with the Chinese. You can't have the evil Chinese when they're wearing uh, uh, Nike shoes, an American company profiting uh, off of China. And actually using cotton harvested by slaves. Beautiful. Beautiful. With the support of LeBron James, as we were discussing during the show. Also, back in the uh, Cold War, there were very few people who were openly, proudly America haters in America the way there are now. I'm kind of surprised by which event had the most people put it in their top five of uh, events they're going to watch. I mean, it's always one of the bigger ones, but especially with Michael Phelps not around this time around, swimming. Oh, yeah, swimming's huge. That's huge. But... uh Artistic gymnastics finished second. I don't know what that means. What? That's the jumping around no. with the ribbon on a stick. It no, sa- it says here these are the mo- more athletic ones, like the bounce oh. beam and the vault. Rhythmic gymnastics are the less popular ones, where they dance around with the big ribbon. I don't know why they called artistic gymnastics. Must be just the official either. name. Uh, diving is third. Beach volleyball is fourth. I just oh yeah, it's fine, but it just I don't know. Doesn't seem like it'd be the fourth most popular sport uh, in the Olympics. Basketball fifth. Uh, rounding it out, rhythm, uh, uh, rhythmic gymnastics. Who freaking watches that? Boy, and that's on top of like your track and field stuff. That's what's interesting. Boxing is down further down the line. When I was a kid, boxing was way toward the top because we were mm-hmm. going to win a gold medal in every weight class. 
and boxing was an important sport, and that's where the next champions were coming from. And man, boxing was huge. Well, and or we were going to square off against a Soviet or an East German or a Cuban, and it's a, again a fight for the soul of mankind. Yeah, when you won a gold medal in boxing, any weight class back in the day, you were practically a household name. Now mm. it happens, and they show you a highlight at night. Before we get back to swimming, here's Jim Jones won the middleweight gold medal today. Here he is receiving his medal. That's all you get, really. Yep. Uh, baseball synchronized. What are the least watched? You know, and, and the, the decline of boxing is so surprising, given the enduring appeal of watching people punch each other in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Which is going to be watched less in the Olympics? Sailing or badminton? Uh, rugby, I'd rather watch badminton. Rugby or canoeing? These are all at the bottom. Ping pong, handball. The ping pong's wild. Those they, the people are like uh, they're like robots. They're so fast. It's incredible. You can't even see the ball. Yeah, I know. It's they're so good. It you can't relate to it. I think that's what dooms it. It's it's not like any sort of ping pong I've ever played, where you're standing thirty feet away from the table and swinging as hard as you can. <laughs> right. Everybody hits every ball as hard as they possibly can. They almost never miss. It's astonishing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, judo doesn't get a lot of watchers. Field hockey. I'm not even sure what that is. They skate it's, around uh, in grass? No, women women play it. They got those weird curved sticks, and uh, high school girls play that. That's Field hockey. different than, what's the other sport that's kind lacrosse? of like lacrosse? That's different than yeah. lacrosse? And yeah, and I was reminded that handball, which was a sport we were discussing on the show, is very much like lacrosse, but with no net. You just throw the ball to each other. Which is not to be confused with handball, which is like racquetball with no rackets. You know, it's also interesting, and I have no idea why this is. The decathlon gets a fair amount of attention. You win the decathlon, it's a big deal. Hmm. The pentathlon, which is competing in five different track and field events, nobody pays any attention to it. Please. Five? Bullshit. Why, though? <laughs> I don't, I don't Why, know. if you're the best in the world at five different sports, nah, nobody cares at all. You couldn't, you couldn't get a free Coca-Cola at your local restaurant. You're, you win the decathlon though, the 10 events, and you, you know, you don't have to buy a meal again the rest of your life. You know what they ought to do? You're freaking Bruce Jenner. What they ought to do is, is, if you're going to be a pentathlete, you've just got to be a great all-around athlete, but they don't announce until the day the competition starts which sports they're going to do. And it might be canoeing, field hockey, although that's a team, a team sport. It might be uh, um, uh, canoeing, judo, javelin, beach volleyball, and what you just wouldn't know till it started. I love that random sports. Yeah, sailing. The one person that knows how to tie a knot wins. <laughs> <laughs> the other guys, their sails are just flying around. <laughs> they just get, it's, keep getting smashed by the boom. Oh. Fall into the water, got to rescue him. <laughs> That's hilarious. All of a sudden, you're playing ping pong, and you kind of played a couple of times here. <laughs> in college. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, that would be great. That I would watch. The pick the sport out of the hat decathlon. Yes. Would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, I'm telling you. You talk about a well-rounded athlete. You got to be pretty good at a whole bunch of different things. Right, right. You're playing ping pong one day, the next day it's judo. And you're thinking, all right, I, I think I'm supposed to grab them and throw them down. <laughs> Archery. I've never even picked up one of these things before. Ow! <laughs> well, I, they probably have to draw from a pool of like 30 sports. 
And so good pentathletes or decathletes or whatever would, would probably have to be at least semi up on you're, all of them. You're skateboarding all of a sudden. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's your best idea yet. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. The and I'm, I'm thinking maybe you could, well, I'm t- debating. You could pass on one sport, but you'd lose 10 points for doing that. So you at least have to try to skateboard for like 20 feet on a flat surface. It would suck, though, if you're small and you get boxing. Oh, yeah. 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 Too the, bad. The sport I will, I've always logged way too much time with, and I have no idea how it works or what the rules are, is the bicycle race where they go really, really slow. Oh, yeah. So slow they're about to fall over, and then one of them just takes off like a bat right. out of hell. And then right. they ring a bell and somebody wins. I have no idea how it works. <laughs> <laughs> And they try to pedal so slow, they're about to fall over. The other guy's behind him. No, you're not going to get behind me. Ah, here I go. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Always I, fun. Yeah. What is that? I have no idea. Armstrong and Getty. Information. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, you know the, the story, I think, Jack, you brought it to us about the uh, racist comments being leveled at English soccer mm-hmm. players, mm-hmm. The, the the England team uh, for missing uh, penalty kicks, that yeah, sort of thing? It was, it was a world championship between Italy and England over the weekend, and it came down to a penalty kick at the end, you know, sudden death shootout playoff, and... A couple of uh, uh, the guys were black guys, and they uh, they didn't score. So people were, I guess, calling them racist names. Well, here is the context, and it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that leveling racial shots at people is is horrible, and only a moron would do it. But I thought the context was interesting. Uh, da, 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 da. There's more to it than some angry fans using racial slurs. Uh, first of all, that's wrong, writes Tim, and I don't like the racial slur stuff, but this team was heavily promoted by progressives because of its racial diversity and numerous immigrants. That's why they're so successful. They lectured the English people on and on about diversity and blah, 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 till the point that fans were sick of it. That includes the manager who said plenty of social justice-friendly sorts of things about his team and his players. Okay, so Bring on the penalties. Manager Southgate curiously chose uh, three black players with little to no penalty experience to be among the five in the final shootout, and these players missed their kicks. I don't know if it's been confirmed, but it's widely suspected these players were selected because of attributes other than their penalty-taking experience and skills. Wow, are you going to... Alex is shaking your head, so you don't think that that's true? I have one more twist, by the way, but go ahead. As someone who follows soccer, one of them was Marcus Rashford, who's like the star for Manchester United. So to say that okay. he doesn't have the acumen is baloney. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. But what I was going to, my, my final twist is that, and this is one of the problems, and Jason Riley, were he here, would, would echo this. It's one of the problems with affirmative action programs. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Once you get started down that path, people start making those judgments all the time. Right. And generally, honestly, it's often bigoted, um, making those judgments. But I've talked to, to people, uh, of various minority groups during the periods of affirmative action. And they say, yeah, I get that all the time. I hear it. Or you hear whispers that he's only gotten the job because he's black or whatever. And it sucks. So, you know, I don't, I, I know nothing about soccer, um, or the way they promoted this team or, or whatever. Um, but I just thought that was an interesting take. Gotcha. 
I actually like soccer. I just the goal's got to be bigger. They got I don't know. You want you the know. goal bigger? Or they well they got to have more freaking oh, scoring. Oh, so they score more often, I see. Yeah, yeah. Although I have criticized basketball for being boring because it has too much scoring. Because well, each individual basket's practically meaningless. Soccer is the most popular sport in the world, right? It is. Oh, clearly. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is slow paced, though, man. Yeah. Every, well, it is and it isn't. If you know what they're doing and trying to set up, as they get closer and closer to having a real shot at scoring, it gets exciting and tense. Just, you know, 99 times out of 100, the attack is turned back and they just run around the middle of the field some more. <laughs> it's so the opposite of the sports we like uh in in america like the nba uh, or the nfl they've been changing the rules over the years to make it more high scoring and more stuff happening and the ratings have gone through the roof Mm -hmm. you know as you as you got way 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 more action but if you watched an nfl game from when i was like in you know high school or whatever when it was three yards in a cloud of dust Speaking of running around in the middle of the field, yeah. and the final score is 13 to 10 most of the time. No, no freaking way. You know what We're... soccer's good for? The kids like me that weren't athletic, so I could just kind of blend in on the field and just run around. That's the popularity of it for kids. I the, think... the, the, the reason it's exploded in America, I think, is having had a couple of kids played soccer a little bit. Is It is a really easy sport to get little kids in, to play. Sure. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I'm so against little kids playing organized baseball. It's just too hard a game. They get discouraged, they get hurt, they're bored. It's just a bad idea. But soccer, you can be very bad at it and still have a good time and generally not get injured. And then you have a juice box at the end and everything's fine. All right, yeah, absolutely. They didn't keep score, because that'd be awful. Although the kids kind of do. I, I coach little kids soccer up through very, very big kids soccer, and uh, the little kids always wanted to know who won. It was interesting. You can try to give a trophy to everybody, but uh, the kids don't value it at all. They don't care. They don't want it. Uh, that's a parent thing. It's an all-apparent thing, and, and to a large extent, a mom thing, I observed. No, my, my, kids, uh, my kids aren't into sports much. Oh, my son's going to start playing tackle football. Practice starts here in two weeks. Have our first parent meeting here in a week. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But um, uh, he's never really been interested in any uh, organized sports. And his trophies or certificates or whatever he got for participating in a couple of different things, they, they, they didn't mean a dang thing. I mean, they're, they're, they're in a drawer with any other junk he has. Whereas when I was a kid, you got something like that. That was a big deal. Oh, yeah. You had to win something. Championship, MVP, what have you. Yeah, how, how, how have we stayed on this wrong path for so long? Uh, I understand how you get on the wrong path because it does sound like a good idea, but we've clearly proven that it's dumb, haven't we? The giving trophies to everybody. It's dumb on every level. The kids don't care. It's just a waste of time and money, but we've continued on this path. Yeah, the last several, last several years of our teams, my teams, uh, and Judy would often be the team mom. Um, we'd like give out uh, duffel bags or something useful, yeah. a sweatshirt, something like that, that at least the kids could wear. Not a stupid, meaningless trophy, right? And and we got almost no pushback. Every year we'd bring it up and say, "Hey, instead of trophies, why don't we give the kids something they can use?" Cold hard um, cash. Have to- what, exactly. Cash, Pay our kids. Everybody gets a five dollar bill. <laughs> <laughs> just give them a debit not card. Even a, not even an envelope. Just a five dollar bill. Just hand them out, and here you go. 
Yeah. I don't understand why the kids have to get anything, because you have to have an end-of-the-year ceremony and team party. Actually, the team party is a nice idea, because you've, you've gone through something together for weeks and weeks and worked hard and had ups and downs, and it's nice to say, hey, this was well, fun. It was good to get to know you. But. I'll tell you what, this football thing is going to be an interesting thing, and I hope I didn't, because um, I really encouraged him to do it. Uh, and this is a school that takes football very seriously. And he's only going to be in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they're starting practice several weeks before school starts. And it's a lot of practices. I mean, it got And then I was looking at when the first game is. They practice for like a month and a half before they have their first game. Wow. Um, and it's a uh, it's pretty intensive thing. And I, I'll be interested to see if he's into it or not. It's certainly a different level of commitment than we've ever had before in terms of just, you know, running around and showing up for practices and games and still trying to fit in your schoolwork and everything like that. Um. I don't know. We'll see. Well, he'll learn discipline. The discipline of the gridiron. He's excited about the idea of knocking people down. So, When he gets up in the morning, does he have an alarm clock or, or what? you got to go with the song. <laughs> the wind is a raider. Or whatever the hell that guy says. No, he'll wake he? up to that Eminem song. Dang, 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 dang. Yes, yes, yes. Get it. Right, come scream out of it. Ah! Ready to go to school. Exactly, like yes. a pro bowler. Yes! <laughs> a real sport. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. Are you tired of gulping down the lying filth of the mainstream media? Yeah, we are too. We try to tell you the truth every single day. Gulping down lying filth. Wow. Nobody wants to sound dumb. Our goal is to help you not sound dumb. We'll inform you, and it'll be fun at the same time. You don't have to choose between entertainment and information. Combine them both with the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Four episodes available every day via the iHeartRadio app or wherever you download your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't know if you saw this picture. This is the afternoon, <laughs> the afternoon news crew from here at the radio station. Uh, it says... Uh, Thanks for the pizza newsroom. And it's a bunch of people that work in the afternoon doing uh, radio news. And how did they get a pizza? And why are they thanking me? Well, I ordered a pizza yesterday afternoon for myself. Having a particularly stressful day. Knew I wasn't going to have time to like get any meal together or anything like that, so I just ordered a pizza. And uh, I door dashed it, and I'm watching the little app on my thing, and it's like, you know, you follow the little thing at the bottom, like, order to the restaurant, restaurant has finished the order, Dasher has picked up the order. Dasher is on the way. And he just keeps getting later and later. I'm like, God, how is it taking so long to this pizza? And the guy calls me and he says, so I'm on the second floor and I don't see it. I said, uh, I said, what now? There's no second floor to my house. What, where are you? And he gives me the address. The call came from inside the house. <laughs> he gives me the address and I realized they, they, they ought to change the DoorDash thing. I don't, I don't think the app's laid out the best way for this. But anyway, um, when I tried to order donuts a week or so ago when I was needing a D, I was really, because I'm hooked on the D, donuts. Um, I was needing the D. I ordered some donuts to be sent here to the radio station, and so my address was still set for the radio station. Oh, boy. And so the pizza I was starving and waiting on and looking forward to so much at home came to the radio station. So I called the radio station and said, hey, there's a door dasher outside. Take the pizza and eat it, because, you know, what are you going to do? So I was happy to buy everybody a pizza. Oh. Um. But check check the last time you used DoorDash. You mm. might have been at a hotel or something like that and didn't switch it back to your old address. Right, right. 
somebody in room 203 at the Days Inn. Yeah. Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Going to get a hoagie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, uh, that's me. I ordered that, yeah. Well, they might as well eat it. So uh, we're doing this for a couple reasons. Number one, because we have a couple of clips worth playing for you. And secondly, because we got a brand new theme song for cleaning out the sound fridge. No, that's not it. Cleaning out the sound fridge. Yes, I like it. <laughs> Play that again. Yes. Cleaning out the sound fridge. He doesn't enunciate very well. Cleaning out the sound fridge. I like it. One more time. Yeah, it's growing on me. <laughs> All right, we didn't get to this during the radio I can't show. I tell you how disappointed I was. My mouth watering the pizza was so close to me, realizing that I wasn't going to have a pizza anytime soon. Because it was almost there, but there was here. It was like not an there. hour away from where I am. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Very disappointed. Oh, my. Oh, my. Well, nothing in your fridge, but we're... Yeah. Uh, Jen Griffin. I I like the marbly mouth version. (laughs) That's pretty good. I like it. The more I hear it, the more I like it. Jen Griffin, Fox News, talking about the COVID and the leak in the lab in France. 35. We have long known that the French helped build the Wuhan lab, a deal with China that dates back to 2004, and that the French were responsible for managing its safety protocols until they were suddenly kicked out of the lab by the Chinese government back in 2017. Two years before that, according to David Asher, the State Department's former lead investigator into the COVID origin, French intelligence uh, allegedly warned the U.S. government that it had concerns about Chinese actions at the laboratory how if only we could connect some dots and figure out how this all happened it's a mystery it's a mystery that'll never be solved jeez the french told us hey uh, guys they kicked us out of the lab and they're really sloppy there and they're working on like these really dangerous viruses and they kicked us out we can't even get them out and they do a terrible job yeah there's something really weird going on at the wuhan institute of virology years ago and so then when it breaks worldwide as a news story rather than anybody saying hey remember what the french told us a while back i'll bet that's what's going on no we go with the whole it came out of the wet market from a bat bullshit where'd that come from well the chinese communists told us that you just believed them yeah and dr fauci did because he's afraid that he people are going to find out that he's in favor of funding this sort of stuff. well donald trump said it might have leaked from the the wuhan institute and we hate trump so everything he says is wrong so we'll say what the chinese communists say instead you know, and, and anybody who disagrees will silence them <laughs> frustrating that there was nobody in government said yep the french warned us about this i have pretty good guess at what happened here no, that's not the story that that emerged. The completely made up came from a bat. No, no. Speaking of good advice, the great O.J. Simpson has one has some for his fellow Buffalo Bill. Well, racing. We have to play the jingle again. Speaking of good <laughs> advice, O.J. Simpson, who killed a couple of people, has some advice for his fellow Bill Cole Beasley. Now I'm watching the Buffalo Bill. Um, I'm watching Beasley. And I like Beasley. I love how he played for the Bills last year. But let's talk about 
uh, losing his rights if he got a shot. B.S. You don't have the right to to drive at point oh eight alcohol uh, in your blood. You don't have a right to drive over eighty miles an hour. Those are safety issues. This whole thing is about safety, public safety. It's not about your rights. Uh, I like what uh, Hughes, the defensive end for the Bills, is saying. Look, man, what the league says now, you're not going to get paid if you get uh, COVID and it costs the team gains. You don't have the right to cost your teammates a game check. You take a boot off their table. You don't have the right to put them in jeopardy health-wise. You don't have the right to do that. My suggestion is opt out. If you don't want to get the shot, don't play. I'm sure you got enough money uh, to last you, but you don't have the right to put your team oh. in financial and physical. That make you a bad person. I'm just saying. E- ESPN, I'm you've got saying. you got to hire OJ, and you got to give him a show. <laughs> have him co-host it with some numb skull, some. Dumb sportscaster. Come for the irony. Stay for the stupidity, the lack of understanding of rights. There's a murderer lecturing us on the finer points of morality. Whether you get your vaccine or not. He's he's cracking down on speeders and people who won't get the vax. (laughs) Wow. That is something. That is really... Is there any other disgraced... uh, That guy with uh, no feet that shot his wife. He could be the co-host with... um, Oh, the South African guy. Yeah. Yeah. He could co-host with O.J. on the show. The guy with no feet who shot his wife. That wasn't much to go on. Zacharias? Zach, um, what was his name? Some, somebody matter. Google that. Yeah. Of course, you got to have more to go on than what I came up with. He's Australian, right? Australian? South African. South African. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right hemisphere. Thank you. Right accent. South African... Oscar Pistorius. That's right. He and OJ would be a good uh, tandem to host a show. Jeez. That's dark. Somebody turn on the lights. It was your idea. I tell you what, you turn on, you gotta open the the door to turn on the lights when you're. (laughs) Turn on the lights. I don't know know what I'm saying. I'm hardly paying attention. And then this, the always uh, entertaining Mark Stein, clip 73. So Dallas Justice Now has correctly. If very belatedly, grasp that the white liberals' tedious pantomime of fake civilizational disavowal and pseudo-self-loathing isn't getting them anywhere. And they're demanding that the O'Rourke family actually forswear Columbia University and his fellow Texas liberals do likewise. They're absolutely right. This is win-win. Your kid will learn just as much at Dead Buzzard Junction Community College. (laughs) Uh, Well, except for the uh, basket weaving and puppetry, which is harder than it looks, at least when compared to transgender and colonialism studies. Mm. Yeah. yeah, he's a great writer. Mm. So, uh, this, finally this. Uh, anonymous. <clears throat> Had another weird layover, this time in San Jose. Between flights, I was on a mission to run to the bathroom, etc. Because if there's one thing that can unite Americans, it's that airplane bathrooms are vile sky buckets. True that. Any, and I don't need to sit. Anyway, I walked into the very large, clearly labeled women's bathroom, and the stall immediately facing the entrance, with the stall door open for all to see was a man standing up and peeing. Oh, boy. For half a second, I stopped and looked around, fearing I had entered the wrong bathroom. Right. But to my right and left were about four women washing their hands, fixing their makeup, etc. Looked back at him, clean cut, buzz cut, 
men's arsenal soccer jersey and shorts. Again, clearly a man, not female presenting, no, not female organ, having a stream of pee, et cetera, et cetera. And I was about to say something. But then I remembered your reporting on the L.A. spa incident and many other controversial cancelings. And I genuinely found myself too afraid to say something and make a scene. I froze and I'm disappointed in myself for it. I think you made the right choice there, actually. Uh, yeah, anybody gets a picture of you, then somebody identifies you, and it's made your life a hell for yeah. really accomplishing nothing. Karen verbally assaults transgender woman right. in bathroom. Right. Yeah, it, you've got to come at it with, with people, with numbers. You have to be ready. You have to have your ducks in a row. Uh, just to all of a sudden ad hoc have a protest. It's, it, you're right. It is dangerous. Transphobic Karen. And yes, then you're, and then you get a bunch of, a bunch of emails to wherever you work and phone calls and your boss says, look, we're going to have to let you go. This has just brought too much scrutiny down on our business. Yeah. You lose your job. Yeah. I mean, and this is not uh, far fetched what we're, what we're laying out here. That fact, that's the most likely thing that happens. Yeah, and final note, you know, in continuing to read James Lindsay's cynical theories, part of the the whole purpose of the the queer theories and the the, the like this new wave of uh, transgender this and and birthing people that they're trying to erase the very idea of men and women. It's a weird fringe academic thing where there can be no binaries. There can be no men and women. It's Please do not use gendered language to, <laughs> to address everyone. Well, and he's that uh, <laughs> breathless old idiot is, uh, you know, of that ilk, apparently. But their idea is they want you so confused, you don't know what to words to use, so you just don't use any words whatsoever. It's a bizarre philosophy, but it's catching hold because people think they're being enlightened. They think they're supporting gay rights by saying birthing people. Although a lot of gay folks are saying, uh, how's that helping us? It's weird. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, yeah, and you, 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 you yeah, don't get into the fight. We'll, we'll do that for you on the air. The percentage of people that say Latinx or birthing people has got to be under five. Oh, yeah, it's tiny. Absolutely tiny. I'm almost disappointed we're not playing this clip again. Can we? I know it's illegal because we don't have another clip, but I feel like we. I just really want to hear it. We, we do have another clip, oh, actually. Oh, we do? Yeah, we have a guy that, uh, well, here, listen to this. The first thing no, I had no, to do no, was no, take no, a no, no, you can't we got to explain what we're doing. We're... Oh. Yeah, that's what I want to oh, hear. Oh, he says. That's <laughs> Go ahead. The first thing I had to do was take apart some old crutches I had laying around so I could build in some sort of spring mechanism. Then I'd start taking some exact measurements of my crutches and hop into my computer and start 3D designing what was going to be the new parts. Luckily, it was all finished up on the 3D printer so I could take that part off and start assembling all of the different parts I was going to need to build the pogo crutches together. I gave it a little bit of a test and now it's time to bounce around with a nice broken leg and make things just a little bit more extreme when you're down and out. For anybody who's ever been on crutches and wished they were pogo sticks, there's your answer. Sounds like a great idea. Injure your other leg with pogo crutches. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Speaking of women, this wouldn't have to be a woman, but it is in this case. Uh, I was just mentioning a very pleasant coworker that we have here. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and how incredibly pleasant she is. And like sunshiny and smiley and how... Every workplace needs at least one of those people. You've probably got one in your workplace. Otherwise, it's all people like me. Mm. (laughs) And you don't want that. You need somebody who looks like they're at least optimistic about being alive today. 
Right. And it has some sort of joy within them. <laughs> yeah, yes. exactly. Every workplace needs one of those to, uh, to brighten, uh, the brighten things. Yeah, does anybody, is there any sort of method or, or science or quiz or, or multiple pl- choice tests you can administer to people? One of those aptitude things that will address that question. You know, you're terribly uh, capable there, Joe, but uh, I'm afraid you're a dark and grumbly, and we already have two of those. We really need a sunshiny and optimistic. You know, so thank you. Decent point. If you're hiring and you don't have that sort of person, you should give, you know, uh, extra uh, and, and, you know, raise their score up. You know, you, you got three people that are roughly the same qualification, but that one's the sunshiny person that walks into the office place and automatically the room is brighter and people, you know, are feel more optimistic. That's a person you want to hire. Now, I don't know how you, I don't know how you express that in an interview. Yeah, but it cuts both ways because, you know, how many of us have experienced a boss who has more of a, I don't know, cheerleader aspect yeah. and doesn't get grinders? Yeah. Because some of us are grinders. Yeah, We're different. serious. We get our job done. We, we, we grind. There's, there's different kinds of sunshiny. Like this particular sunshiny person is also, uh, cynical and real. Not a lot of smile, you know, not that sort of sunshiny. I don't, that kind of sunshiny actually makes me less happy. Yes. Don't say smile to me. If you want to, don't say smile to anybody not smiling. You want to ensure that they're going to continue to not smile and say, hate you. Say and hate you as say, a bonus. Say <laughs> smile to them. <laughs> uh, we just got this text. Thought it was pretty good. Uh, speaking of uh, something that's nice and uplifting, I've got my five-month-old baby asleep on my chest. That is an awesome time in anyone's oh, life. Oh my gosh! Yeah, for the both the baby and the and the parent. I was just browsing for her uh, at World Market, going through the the website, and I see these books for babies. I will not click on them because I don't want to support their algorithms, one of them being the anti-racist baby book. It's obscene. It is obscene. It's absolutely obscene. obscene. And we probably don't have those kind of soft heads listening to us right now, but there are soft heads out there right now. Reading a book that's telling you that if you're white, your little five-month-old baby was born racist, and you need to teach them not to be racist. Freaking incredible. Oh, yeah. It's it's terrible. We read a part of a great opinion Only piece. if your baby's white, though. If your baby's right. not white, they weren't born racist. Oh, no, they're perfect. They, in fact, they can't be racist because they're not white, according to the idiots and the idiots who follow them. But we shared part of this editorial from the Wall Street Journal yesterday that I thought was fantastic. Talking about, They mentioned the old saying, the fox knows many things, but the hedgehog knows one big thing, which was uh, like from an ancient Greek poet. Nobody can figure out what the hell he was talking about. Well, which are you? Which is better? That's That's what I would get confused about. I've read various pieces. Saying, and that's why you want to be a hedgehog, or and that's why you need to be a fox. And I still don't, I am confused by it. I think within your organization, you probably need some of each. But maybe that's uh, it. Yeah, I mean, in the chemistry in the chemistry department, you probably want a handful of hedgehogs and then some foxes to supervise them. But anyway, uh, they make the point that uh, the hedgehogs, like Karl Marx, thinks everything is one big thing. It's an all-sufficient super explanation, and that's the only thing they can think about. And that's absolutely the anti-racism crowd. They're obsessed with it. They're monomaniacs. But then this this writer, Lance Morrow, gets into the, the fact that once you become a hedgehog, you're a monomaniac. You think everything is one thing. Um, 
then all of a sudden you get not only are you uh, uh what's the myopic uh but you start to feel uh, victimhood and anger toward anybody else who sees any subtleties in the world and you get more and more justified in committing revenge or any crime you have this sense of grievance um and anybody who's against your one big thing is evil and needs to be rooted out um and 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 just and anybody who doesn't see the world like you do is a bad person and that's hedgehoggery is evil hmm. no matter who it comes from Anyway. Yeah, it is, it's interesting. Uh, a lot of people have compared Marxism, um, heaven on earth. I mean, that's where that whole came for, thing came from, as being like a religion. And, and wokeism and anti-racism have all the trappings of religion also. And it's interesting that both those crowds hate religion um, so much because they're so one. They have such a narrow view of things and everything fits into this particular narrative. Well, you don't see that in yourself, either Marxist or wokists. Well, it reminds me very much of like a fundamentalist Muslim or somebody like that. They don't hate religion. They just hate every religion but theirs. And I think the wokists are like that, too. They they believe in one true religion. Armstrong and Getty.